93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Uh, very pleased to welcome uh, someone that is somewhat new to Columbia, but some of us making a big difference right here in our community, uh, Kel Beal, uh, K-E-L-B-E-A-L. And uh, Kel, welcome. Uh, glad to have you on the program with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you're doing some fun stuff uh, that I think is really important to our community. We'll get into that here in just a minute, but tell our listeners a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and uh, how you ended up in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, so I'm originally from West Texas, a place called San Angelo. It's uh, of similar size to Columbia. Um, all my family's from there. So born and raised, left in my uh, early 20s. So yeah. Um, so you went to one of the, one of your jobs was uh, right before you came here, you were working at a uh a Christian camp in New Mexico, which uh, I think is a camp that's fairly well known. I know that we, we've run into people uh, uh, that went to that camp as kids and uh, as uh, adults. Um, tell us about that experience. Was that your first job out of school uh, working at that camp? Um, yeah. So I guess technically worked for my dad, who's a contractor for many, many years. But uh, first job as an adult mm-hmm. uh, was was at camp. So um Yes, my wife and I, my business partner and I, all, th- all three of us were at uh, this camp called Glorietta Camps in uh, the beautiful Rockies of, of northern New Mexico. And so we spent the last seven years there mm-hmm. together, um, you know, a wonderful experience um, building and and marketing and um, training staff to to run Christian faith-based outdoor adventure mm-hmm. um Camps and conferences and retreats year round. So, yeah. yeah, and it's uh, and then COVID hit. COVID hit, and you and your wife uh, decided that um, it was time to pursue another um, line of work. I guess, yeah, another shut down the camps, another path. Yeah, so we were in the process of adopting uh, our little foster daughter from the state of of New Mexico, and and with COVID. Uh, really shutting down the entire industry, uh, camping industry. Uh, we had to lay off many, many, many of our staff members. And so, um, Debbie and I started looking for a place to go in the middle of the, of this adoption process. And so, um, coming here where she's from, uh, where her family is made a lot of sense to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so lucky you, you married a girl from Columbia, Missouri. There you go. So, uh, and, uh, people might recognize your wife's name, uh, Debbie. Bills, Beal. Uh, she is the uh, executive director of City of Refuge. Correct. Which yes. helps uh, a lot of uh, uh, refugees who come to our community uh, uh, get settled and, and get acclimated to a new life. And uh, it's an organization that does great things in our community. Yep. So, uh, so you both are really actively involved with that. The reason you're here today on the CEO Roundtable is that you have made um, 
what I think a lot of people would call a very interesting investment uh, in our community. Uh, you bought a building here in town called the Welcome Inn. And now, old-timers will remember this as the Holodome. Uh, when I first came back to Columbia in 1994 to start my business, there used to be a lot of Chamber of Commerce functions at the Holodome around the pool yeah. in the in the lobby. and But over the years, as new hotels came to Columbia, um, that property began to age and deteriorate and just sort of uh, uh, show some wear and tear. Uh, it's a building that's got great bones, mm-hmm. but it just... And eventually during, you know, really, I think during COVID, it was in the news a lot because it was housing a significant uh, portion of the homeless population uh, here uh, in in Colombia. Um, people who wanted to be uh, under shelter in the homeless population were, were living there through a temporary grant. Um, but the the property was pretty distressed in, in some respects, but uh, and not owned locally. Uh, you put together a group of investors and partners and, and, uh, bought that hotel. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that story about how you decided to make that move. Yeah. So my, my partner and I, um, have always enjoyed real estate and, um, in the nonprofit sector, uh, we did our best to, to do that and invest in single families. And when it came time to do something different, uh, we started to dream, uh, we, and, and we kind of were asking ourselves, how do we, take our passion for ministry and our passion for real estate and combine them. And so we started to listen. Uh, as with any really amazing business opportunity, um, we found or looked for pain points in our community. Uh, we got involved with uh, the Affordable Housing Coalition, which is just a meeting of of concerned individuals who want to educate themselves and, and also be aware of what solutions might be. And so um, after doing that for a little while, uh, we asked, you know, we started to hone in on um, opportunities, properties that might meet that need. And we met some people who who were using um, like properties, extended stays in, in other portions of our state for things like workforce housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we kind of picked up that model a little bit and applied it to the specific local need. Um, and then there's some great networking uh, through Jane Williams and Love Columbia and and some other people, we were able to to meet uh, the the previous owners of the Welcome Inn, um, where I had an opportunity to just share my vision for the property, what I wanted it to be, and um, and so that that became a great relationship. And and yeah, long story short, he asked us if we wanted uh, to kind of step into all of his independent uh, independent hotel properties. So. So this was, you know, and, and I think it's, uh, and you want to be respectful of the previous owners because you've developed a great relationship with them and yeah. working, and they've really, uh, you know, were helped you to, you know, uh, make buying these properties uh, possible. But um, the truth of the matter is that they were not local owners, and uh, there were some issues. Uh, and I remember, um, you know, it seems like uh, in the last six or seven years, uh, I'm sure that the Columbia police chief would tell you that uh, there were a lot of calls for service at the Welcome Inn. Yes. That has pretty much gone away. Is that correct? Hope, yeah. Uh, it has decreased significantly. Yeah. Uh, our hope is that um, it becomes much more about a medical response to issues yep. if 
and when they have need as opposed to criminal yeah. response. So, yes. So, you know, this is a city. This is, these are, this is Fred Perry saying this, not Cal uh, um, Bill, but uh, this is a city. We live in a city that gives a lot of lip service to affordable housing. And, um, and I'd be interested in sort of hearing what is your definition of affordable housing? Uh, because I, I think for some people, uh, affordable housing may be a home that you can buy for $250,000 or less. Uh, for other people, it's uh, a home that you can buy for less than $100,000. Um, probably, uh, it's, it's a, a home that takes up less than one third of your spendable income. Uh, and you know, I think that's how banks define affordable housing. Sure. Um, what, as you sort of joined this coalition and visited with local folks who were trying to figure out this problem in Columbia, uh, in the end, what would you say is your definition? You're a realtor here in Columbia. Uh, so what is your definition? A very successful realtor, I should say. Uh, my uh, son was at the Weikert Award ceremony uh, this week and said you were recognized for your outstanding performance. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what's your definition of affordable housing these days? Yeah, I think, man, that is a a complicated answer um for for me it, it ties a little bit into that banking definition it's not so tied to the median um cost of housing here it's it's more tied to the idea that people are spending 30 to 50 sometimes more uh percent of their spendable income on just their housing mm-hmm. um, and housing provides such stability for um, the elderly for uh, people with young families it just it is a, a building block a foundational piece of of a successful you know life an opportunity to navigate education well and to um, break some old cycles and and so people who experience this affordable housing crisis you know for me are people who are um, really unable to find that sort of stability in their lives mm-hmm. for for whatever reason and and so in the hotels um i think that ties in really amazingly to um what makes us so different uh and that's that's that our uh bar for entry is much lower yep. than really any anywhere else um and we we want to keep it that way there yeah. And and that's kind of at the nature, the center of of a lot of this affordable housing, as I see it, issue is um, there's people across the board, whether they're um, chronically unhoused and they kind of choose that, whether there's substance abuse or mental health, um, you know, whether it's just generational uh, sort of poverty and the things that they're going through, there's just, there's many 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 different people experiencing different reasons for an affordable housing crisis i think a lot of local home builders would tell you that uh, affordable housing is really no longer possible mm-hmm. in our community because of a lot of the the regulations the permit fees the cost of land mm-hmm. uh the cost of building materials mm-hmm. uh columbia is in many respects what they would refer to as an overregulated community we have a lot of hoops that you have to jump through if you want to build a home so all of those costs of course get passed on to uh the end user the the home buyer uh but one of the things that i i found to be somewhat interesting is that um 
when you drive through a local fast food restaurant, uh, when uh, you uh, send your kids off to school, um, and uh, I'm talking about teachers, I'm talking about employees at fast food restaurants, uh, you pick up your dry cleaning, uh, the people that work in those types of establishments can't afford to live in Columbia. Uh, my wife has uh, been in a local hospital for the last two weeks, and I will tell you, that as I talk to her nurses every single day, I am surprised that 90% of her nurses don't live in Columbia. They live in surrounding communities like Hallsville and Centralia and, and uh, Ashland and, and, and much further. Um, some live as far away as Kirksville and are making that drive every day. But the people that we rely on the most for our daily services can't afford to live in Columbia. And, um, it, you know, I'm not trying to evoke pity or empathy from anybody i just i think that we just need to speak of it as a reality you know it's just hey it's just the way things are right now and 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 so what you think is affordable housing is really probably not affordable housing uh, depending on where you're coming from i think that's that's hitting the nail on the head yeah okay so um when you look at the people i guess first tell us about the welcome in what what when People might remember the Holodome, uh, but when you uh, you were kind enough to give me a tour when you were getting ready to buy the building, and yeah. I got to I got to sort of see what the building was all about. It gave me a great understanding of what you were trying to do. Describe the welcome in to people. First of all, tell people where it is, and describe what what the building is. Okay, yeah. So, um, Providence headed north. Providence and I seventy. It's on the north side of that. Um, Make the first right you can right after you cross the overpass. Uh, and that's the welcome in. There's and, a little driveway between, uh, there's some uh, like uh, outbuildings. Uh, yeah. There's a company that sells outbuildings and there's a gas station. Mm-hmm. There's a little driveway in between that and that leads back to the welcome in. Yeah, the Eagle Stop. Yeah, yeah the Eagle Stop. Um, yeah, and so it's, you know, it's beige um, and darker, darker brown. <laughs> How many square feet? Uh, around 80,000 80, square, 80, square feet. 80,000 square feet. It's massive. Yeah. So it, it was the holodome, you yeah. know. Um, How many units uh, are in that building? 142. 142. Yeah. You know what's impressive to me, um, or interesting to me, I shouldn't say it's impressive, but but it seems to me that at least half that building is common space. It's not necessarily, I mean, you have a big open area where the pool used to be. The pool's gone, right? The pool is still there. Oh, but, it's still there. But it's empty, yes. Okay, all right, but yeah. it's covered. Uh, it is fenced. Fenced. Okay, very good. I don't remember that. Yeah. But you have like a, you know, sort of a, a little, what used to be a little cafe and mm-hmm. conference rooms. Um, and so you have this great big common area, which, you know, most people look at and say, oh, that's wasted space. But for you, that's kind of an opportunity. We'll talk more about that a little later. So 145 units. 42. 142 units. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me what's, uh, what's the condition of those units right now? Yeah. So, um, you know, many of them, still kind of feel like your 1980 hotel room. Mm-hmm. Um, so the carpet still still feels like that. The, the fixtures kind of feel like that. Um, on, in large part, uh, since, uh, since coming into ownership of the property there, um, they're significantly cleaner. Most of them have a fresh coat of paint on them. We're trying to move away from that 1980s carpet to a, a more modern hard floor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And and yeah, so your typical hotel room, about 270 square feet. Okay, very good. When we come back from this break, we'll talk a little bit about some of the amenities that you have and, and some of the opportunities that you see. But we'll talk more about, you know, sort of this industry of converting uh, extended stay hotels into housing. And uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we come back. We're visiting with Kel Beal, local realtor, uh, property investor, uh, and uh, the new owner, one of the new owners of the Welcome Inn here in Columbia. Uh, all of that and more is coming up. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable, our second segment. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in this weekend. Uh, Fred Perry, we are visiting with Kel Beal, who is a local realtor and uh, he is a uh, investment property uh, 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 owner and uh, one of the new owners of Columbia's Welcome In, which used to be the the Holodome, and five or six years ago, the the Welcome Inn was in the news a lot mm. uh, because of there was quite a bit of criminal activity taking place at that building. Uh, that uh, under new ownership has gone away, and uh, there's there's local ownership now, which makes a big difference. But um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the the. The typical person, uh, you call them guests, uh, that are living in, uh, the welcome in. Uh, describe that demographic, uh, sort of describe that, that target audience. Sure. Um, r- really, Fred, that's a, um, really diverse group of people. Um, and, and where we want to fit in kind of the affordable housing crisis is, is from, just above unhoused to transitional to permanent, right? And so we're trying to, through our property, cover a huge, kind of a huge scope of that um, continuum. But our, our, you know, we see people, lots of of single moms. I think we have like 30 kids mm-hmm. in there right now. We see, um, you know, some of, some of the people you might see panhandling. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those people will stay with us. Um, we will see people who... Are trying to figure out uh, where to go after kind of reentry into workforce out mm-hmm. of out of prison. We see people who, um, you know, have have substance abuse history that are there. Many of them are trying to make a change. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And and really, I can sum it all up to say, if there's any barrier um, to a permanent housing situation whether that's an old felony or an eviction on your record or you know you lost your job so you couldn't afford your rent or maybe your landlord sold the house um just because the market was really hot and and prices were high yeah just there's there's a hundred different reasons um but I, i would say that those people who have no other alternative for a permanent housing solution sometimes even a temporary housing solution um, except to be in your car, on a couch, or sleeping on, on under street, an overpass, uh, yeah, under an over, overpass. out in the woods. Yeah. So, you are a businessman sure. first and foremost. Yeah. You have a big heart. Uh, I I get that. Uh, and so there's a little bit of social service uh, that's in the work that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you are first and foremost a a businessman. So really, <clears throat> the. 
what you're offering is basically uh, you're kind of in the business of giving people a second chance, uh, totally. people that are trying to get back on their feet. And, and yeah. that's and you're right. Uh, if you have been to prison for whatever reason, the stupid mistake you made when you're 18 years old or any other reason, uh, it is very hard to find somebody in Columbia, Missouri, who will rent to you. Totally. And so the options are not good. Mm. Um, and so you've got people um, that have lived there a long time. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you've got people that um, have said, you know what, what I need is a clean, safe place with a roof over my head where I can sleep every night and uh, have my kids with me and just be safe. Okay. And um, and that's I mean, I think that a lot of people who just aren't that familiar with poverty and, and sort of what poverty looks like in Columbia, Missouri, uh I think they find that pretty surprising that there that there is a need for that that type of service. And so um <clears throat> I remember when you were buying this hotel, you and I had an opportunity to meet with the, the city manager at the time, John Glasscock, and and he was so blown away because you came in, first and foremost, you did not have your hand out looking for a government subsidy or a tax credit. I mean, you were you were doing this as a business venture because you could demonstrate that you know what as a business this cash flows. We can make this work. Um and and I don't think that the city manager at the time had ever seen anybody coming to him in those <laughs> circumstances. You know what I mean? They sure. wanted something uh in order to provide the service that you you're providing. And uh so I think that that really stood out. Uh and it it helped me gain a whole new respect for what you're trying to accomplish in this community. Um and you're doing this in with five other hotels and other communities. We'll talk about more of that uh coming up here, but um so when you talk about the demographic and you talk about the, the type of people that are, that are moving in there, it, it's, it's the full gamut, but you have people that are going to work every day at night, yes, uh, an absolutely. eight to five job. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just part of your population. And then you have people who are trying to make ends meet working several part-time jobs just to kind of pull it all together. Yeah. And, uh, but they have that consistency. They have that constant of knowing that they have a roof over their head. They have a safe place to go. So, Correct. um, what um what are some of the amenities i mean are there, are there other amenities that people are looking for what what's the benefit to the, the the guest who's staying at the welcome inn the bottom line is that they don't have another option right right um what what we're able to offer is a is a uh, more affordable right a, a cheaper version of housing than they might be able to find anywhere else mm-hmm. so that's going to be a, a safe clean room um that that provides utilities that provides cable that provides internet there's several people who have remote jobs uh who who work from the hotels um and you know they can't go find an apartment even a single um in a in a safe area for less than 650 bucks a month before yeah. utilities yep and so so they're struggling renting and property ownership comes with a whole different level of of responsibility and and care for a property you know that a lot of people when they're when they're older go buy a condo because they don't want to do maintenance right. and yard work and all yeah and and so um for our people that's those types of home ownership ideas or or obstacles um are things that they don't they've never experienced they don't know how to how to handle they wouldn't know the first thing mm-hmm. uh, about needs um in a, in a home ownership situation. And so what they're looking for is what we have to offer, which is, um, an affordable alternative to, 
um, housing. You know, they they have a place to sleep. They have a place to to work. Mm-hmm. They've got internet. They which everybody wants. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Yeah. Can I ask? Yeah. I mean, and sure. if you don't feel comfortable answering this question on the air, that's fine. Uh, we'll move on. But what what does the average person pay for for rent on what what I would say would be an average monthly basis? Sure. So um, here in Columbia, there I believe they're at like eight seventy one or or eight forty eight after taxes. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to have some ability to generate income um, in order to, to live there. And so that's a real incentive. Um, it, nothing's free. Correct. Um, so are there rules? Do you have strict rules that people have to live by? Absolutely. So they, they sign a, every, every guest signs a room agreement as, as you would on almost any hotel that you go to. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and those things are, are largely going to be the same at any hotel you go to. And so you've, you've got a, behave yourself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and not make disruptions and um can't be doing illicit activities um if you've got a pet that pet has to be clean um got to pick up after it you mm-hmm. know just you can't destroy the room or we're going to charge you for the stuff you yeah. destroy yeah um etc cetera, etc cetera. So, yeah yeah so uh no drugs uh no uh illicit activity uh, so you have a pretty is there is there sort of a one strike rule or how do you deal with, with how do you deal with people who violate the rules yeah so again this is where we are probably different um coming out of a, a faith-based background um our our business ownership our our model is one of second chances mm-hmm. um it's it's why we found ourselves in this area and so um if if something is nefarious somebody's trying to run fentanyl through the hotel well they're we're going to work in in uh, coordination with the drug task force to get that removed and mm-hmm. taken care of if somebody's running prostitution in a hotel we're going to have that taken care of if somebody um, you had a property in Kansas City, as I recall, where you the DEA came in. I mean, you had to work with yeah. with law enforcement yeah. uh, to get rid of a tenant or to to stop a tenant's activity. Absolutely, and and that's and, something and you're we and you're willing to do that readily. Yeah, yeah. Um, for us, for mm-hmm. us, it's not we're not profit first, right? Mm-hmm. We we are uh, people first, and a core tenant for us is is clean and safe, um, and then affordable, and those things are are important as we look into this specific business model. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have some, some grace, you know, if you're, if you're an alcoholic and you have an issue, you've been with us for a while and you relapse, you know, we're going to try to get you connected to a community partner or church that offers some help. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're not going to kick you out of your room for, you know, depending on again, the nature of your indiscretion, but, um, we're not if it's if it becomes habitual that's that's yeah. when you got to go so. so with 142 guests uh, you probably there's an opportunity for probably for you to collaborate with with many local social service agencies sure uh, what has that happened i mean are, is there anybody that you're working with is you have a lot of space in that building yeah. um for you know conference rooms you have a very large commercial kitchen yeah do you have plans for those right now oh so many dreams yeah. um right right now so I, I'll answer kind of who our partners have been and, and who we hope, you know, what, what some of the dreams are. But we have been really thankful, again, for Love Columbia um, and just their support and allowing us to to serve um, the the guests that reside with us. And so um, I, I think on average there's like 16 or 17 people in financial coaching programs and um, just 
kind of enrichment programs through love that that they are also trying to help uh, through our properties that they place with our property. And this is and Love so, Columbia. Love yeah. Columbia. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Right. Affectionately called Love. Yeah. Um, and and we've also recently sat down with Into Action just mm. to see what their needs are and, and how their programs work. And um, and we're going to grow that relationship there. We sat down with the Boone County Coalition in homelessness and said, okay, you guys are servicing the the un, you know, chronically unhoused portion of, of this population. What does it look like for us as business owners and property owners to be in, in working in conjunction with you? How do we do that? Well, are there avenues for that or not? Um, we met with face, uh, who is, that's the family access counseling or family access center. center yeah. Excellence or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, it, and so they've offered to do screenings. Um, you know, they say that they work uh, pretty closely with Burl um, mm-hmm. for a lot of behavioral health, behavioral mm-hmm. health, and other things. And so, so we are making making our property readily accessible to these service providers in the community, so that our our guests who have those needs have access. Mm-hmm. And that's something very different than um, has been going on in the past, or or even really different from th- other things I've heard. I think what I what I really like about what you're doing and what Love Columbia does is that it's really more about a hand up, not a handout. Sure. And you're giving people an opportunity to sort of stand on their own two feet. Uh, it's not possible. You know, the old idea of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps is something there's, it's a bit of a fallacy sure. uh, in some respects, but, uh, but, the truth of the matter is, is that you're, you're giving people an opportunity to get as close to a normal productive life as, as they can. And I know the same thing, that's the same thing about into action and, and, and that those are two social service agencies that I really have a lot of respect for because it's, it's not just, it's just not giving away stuff. It's really, sure. it's teaching people how to fish. And, uh, that's something that I, I think is, is really huge. What are the challenges? I, I took a tour of this building with you and I, I saw the boilers and I saw the, the mechanical systems and, you know, my head spun. I'm like going, Oh my gosh, I cannot imagine having to take over the mechanical system for an 80,000 square foot building. Yeah. Uh, what are the challenges of, of maintaining a building like this? Man, so, uh, <laughs> they are many. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we just kind of had to know that's what we're getting into a little bit of a of a deferred uh, maintenance mm-hmm. um, kind of rough shaped property. And so, um, fortunately for us, you know, recently there were lots of major mechanical upgrades. Um, and but but just as we look at it, we're trying to we're constantly trying to figure out what portion of uh, the proceeds of this business can. Mm-hmm. can be reinvested into the property itself. And yeah. then how do we do that? And so, um, you know, identifying roof and when that needs to be replaced, the boilers are actually brand new and, and we're grateful for that on-demand hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so HVAC is another that we're constantly keeping an eye out on. Um, fortunately, lots of those big mechanical pieces are uh, in good shape. Yeah. Yeah, so. good. Uh, that's the voice of Cal Bill, who is uh, one of the new owners of the Welcome Inn here in Columbia. It's a, a hotel to housing type uh, situation that's happening around the country. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation and talk a little bit more about uh, uh, how this process works and the population that it's serving and, and why it's making Columbia a better and safer place for all of us to live. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable. This is 93.9 The Eagle. Who's 
side whispering in the is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. This is our third segment, and uh, we are visiting with Kel Bill, one of the new owners of the Welcome Inn here in Columbia, uh, providing housing uh, with no government handouts um, and uh, no tax credits. And, and so that's really a very impressive story. It's a, In some respects, it is a successful business that uh, is providing a valuable service in our community without asking for any COVID relief funds, without asking for the, all the handouts that have been given out in this community to so many social service agencies. And that's, again, Fred Perry talking, not Kel. Um, Talk about your other properties. I know that you've got some properties in Kansas City. Uh, where else? Are, where are your other properties? Yeah, so we've got two in Blue Springs outside of Kansas City. We've got one in Springfield, and then we've got two in San Angelo, Texas, where myself and my partner are from. Okay, very good. And uh, are they very similar properties in some oh, respects? Very similar. Different size, uh, different makeups. Most of them are exterior corridor, uh, hotel, motel style um, accommodation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So your business partner, uh, you guys grew up in the same town. Yep. So you've known each other for a long time. Well, actually funny story. I grew up with his, with his younger sister and brother. Okay. I didn't meet him until we were working together. At okay. Camp, so okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you you have partners that have done this very successfully in the past. Uh, I know that you've done it in Springfield, Missouri. Um, talk about the, the Springfield experience that sort of inspired you to start doing this on your own. Yeah. So uh, again, kind of recap as as we were looking for ways to combine our our kind of faith centric uh, background, nonprofit background with real estate and our passion for that, um, and the stability and life change that it affords. Uh, we happened to meet uh, a couple of gentlemen who'd been in ownership and management of extended stay hotels in the southern part of our state, Springfield, Branson, um, areas specifically. And for them, you know, they, they were looking at needs in their community. And, and so they have one that's extended stay truly kind of the same affordable housing, uh, clientele. Um, and then they had another couple that, that were used almost exclusively for, um, workforce, workforce housing for like J1 visa housing. Yeah. Um, and they had had some great, great success in, in those areas. And, um, that really perked our interest. And so uh, as we started to dig into extended stay, um, hotels and, and the opportunities that exist within those properties, we got more and more excited about, about kind of our spin on, on that. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Good. And so, um, when you look at some of the um, <clears throat> challenges, I mean, this is a this is a tough sell to a bank, isn't yeah. it? I oh, mean, they man. getting a, a tell us a little bit about that because we have a lot of people listening to this program who are small business owners who have dealt with banks. Uh, they know what it's like. Uh, they know um, that uh, it's it's tough, and they they this is something that's very new and very foreign to your typical commercial loan officer or loan committee. Correct. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place in the extended stay um, kind of section of hospitality. And so, um, you know, anytime you approach a bank and you say, hey, I'd, I'd like you guys to look at 
a hotel property. You know that that in and of itself, that the word hotel yeah. uh, just sets off some alarms, and, especially after COVID. Uh, oh yes, yeah. and and just you know, uh, ac- occupancies are. 40 to 60% in your typical hotel. Um, costs are insanely high. You go try to build a new holiday inn, it's going to cost you $12 million. Yeah. Um, and so how do you, how do you finance that with, um, you know, only half of it occupied at any one time? And so, um, banks, you know, they give two-ish percent, maybe a little more of their whole investing, uh, lending portfolio to hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're, when you're like me and you're coming in and, and you focus primarily on independent, which means non flag, um, flag is Holiday Inn, you know, Marriott, mm-hmm. any of your big best Western, those kind of brand names. Um, banks see the risk is high. Um, the beautiful thing about these hotels is, is that they're not, um, you know, full by choice. They're they're not uh, destination um, locations for travelers. They are a critical component of our society, where people who don't have housing options anywhere else go as a, as an alternative to um, actually un, unhoused homelessness. And mm-hmm. so, the thing that you'll find in in our little section is. Um, you know, extremely high occupancy rates, um, 70, low 70s on the low side. Several of our properties are at, at above 90, um, and that's pretty pretty normal if your operation is well run. And so when you're talking to banks, you know, there's red flag after red flag after red flag because hospitality. Um, and then you go try to, to get SBA lending, and because we have such high customer retention, which you think would be a good problem, mm-hmm. um, they they can't lend either because they say, you know, well, uh, this is more like an apartment than a hotel. And mm-hmm. you're like, it's all short term. We have no leases. Um, they're not residents. It's not an apartment situation. Yeah. It's a hotel. And that's situation. part of the attraction for your guest. Sure. Yeah. To- totally. Yeah. Um, so lending's difficult. Mm. Uh, needless to say, we had a, a couple of... Uh, deals almost fall through because our lenders pulled out, you know, between 10 days and two <laughs> and two days prior to our scheduled closings. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, we have some some really solid partners who we're thankful for, who who were able to step in and and help us keep things together. But yeah, yeah. it's a it's a difficult thing. So really, the ideal scenario as you sort of uh, look for properties that that sort of fit this mold. Um, I was doing some reading on, on sort of the subject last night, just all across the country. And a lot of this is happening across the country. But but part of the, the secret sauce is that you've got to find a building that's maybe somewhat in distress, a property that's somewhat in distress. Yeah, I mean, I mean and, and really that's not hard to do, Fred. Most of the independent hotels that are or have become extended stay. Um, because they no, no longer qualify or meet the criteria to be a flag. To, to be a um, you know a Holiday Inn or a Marriott in some regard, right? Yeah. So you'll find those if they are flagged, they may be Days Inns or Quality Inns yeah. or Motel Six, something like that. Yeah. Um, but also, what you'll find is a, a lot of the prior ownership, the general understanding of those ownerships is profit first model, and so um, the properties are a necessity as as i mentioned and so they cash flow really well Mm -hmm. um 
unfortunately, lots of those owners will hold those properties for 15 or 20 years, accumulating deferred maintenance while pocketing cash. And yeah. that's, that's one business model, and they've made themselves a lot of money doing it. But yeah. at the end of their ownership, they'll sell their asset at a discount. And, um, you know, there have been three or four other hotels here that were demolished. Yeah, uh, recently. Right, because, yeah. because of those types of uh, in, endeavors. And just the way that cyclically that works for properties like like ours. So we come in, we, f- we find those properties, um, and, and there's a little bit of a needle in a haystack in that they can't be too far gone, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's where we were excited about the, the Columbia welcome in is it does have good bones. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so there's lots of, there's, there's a path back, yeah. you know, maybe not to the holodome, but, um, maybe to, a, a an attractive, clean op- alternative to, uh, homelessness, not, not the, distressed old building that it has been for the the last 10 years or so. And so when you look at the value of this to our community, uh, one, you took a distressed building uh, and uh, made it better, cleaned it up, uh, made it more attractive. Uh, You took a uh, a piece of property that was a hot spot for criminal activity and you eliminated that. Sure. uh, So that really helped. Uh, You are uh, helping our workforce. And so, you know, we, we have people that can't afford to live in our community that we need to work in our community. And so this gives those folks an option. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people it will, can make that decision pretty easily is that, you know, look, I gotta, I've gotta do this for the next five years of my life. And so I'm going to, uh, uh, maybe make a sacrifice. But, but what's really good about that is that it gives us a, uh, it gives a nice, it fills in a nice void in our workforce, which, sure. which is really good. So there's really just a win, 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 uh, for the community. And, uh, I, you know, I don't, I mean, you're fairly new here, but I mean, you, you have not gotten the recognition that you guys deserve for, for, for doing this project. And I, I think it's something that is, and I know it's a business. Uh, and I think that's what really makes it very appealing is that, uh, you are not taking anything away from the social service funding that's being uh, allocated in in our community. So um, this interesting, this welcome in is is kind of a unique property because of of where it's located. It's right on, you know, at the intersection of two major thoroughfares in our community. It's near employment opportunities and it's on the bus route, correct? Yep. So Uh, talk about that a little bit. And and, uh, uh, is it fairly easy for your tenants to get public transportation to where they need to go? Uh, Yes. Um, Yes, I mean. And no. Yeah, yes and no. So the bus bus stop's not too far away. Um, And if if you're familiar with kind of the the nature of the affordable housing issue, it it extends to transportation. So if you can't afford a house, how are you expected to afford a vehicle? Um, and that's that's some of the the problem with having to live in the Hallsvilles and the Centralias, and you know um, you got to drive thirty minutes to get anywhere. Yeah. So and you better have reliable transportation, right? Because what happens when your car breaks down? Yeah. Um. So so for us, transportation is something that that we dream about. Um, making more accessible, um, you know, in the very beginning, I think in that meeting we set with John, um, you know, I said, what's the chance? Let's put a, let's just put a bus stop in our parking lot. Yeah. Um, those are conversations we would love to continue to have. And, and we've looked at alternative methods of support as well. There's some private individuals starting some things up that we have business cards they can text for a, for a ride and it's, it's free of charge for the, for the guest, mm-hmm. um, 
and um, yeah, oats is one that we've we've looked at. But so while transportation is um, accessible, still about a quarter mile, um, and so that's also a, an issue that we're excitedly dreaming about how to solve yeah we talk about the the barriers uh to get it from getting out of poverty in this community and, and it's really uh uh economic opportunity in, in our central city uh that that's lacking uh reliable public transportation and affordable health care safe affordable reliable health care you know all of those things and and so it sounds like you are going to get us closer than anybody else has ever gotten to really addressing some of those those issues that, that bring people out of poverty uh one minute left what what's what's the next thing for the welcome in is anything uh, coming down the pike that uh, we should know about or you want to talk about um man just a- as you guys uh learn about us more um we've got we've got an opportunity to partner with for columbia um, and they're going to come out and do some kids programming and stuff for some of our residents, just help us be involved. And so as a community, if, if you guys want to, uh, know more about what we're doing, if you're interested in helping us grow what we're doing, shoot me an email. Uh, it's Kel, K-E-L at golden grove, dot com. So, um, yeah, we're growing, we're cleaning it up. We're, we're over 90% full and our people, um, yeah, they're looking for opportunities to serve, to get jobs, to to really better themselves. So that's Kel at Golden Grove REI dot com. com. Very good. Kel Bill, thank you for joining us. Congratulations on your success with the welcome in. Thank you for what you're doing for the city of Columbia. We appreciate it. This is Fred Perry signing off for another edition of the CEO Roundtable. We'll see you next weekend. You've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city and I love it. Yeah, I love